Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 227 and this episode sees the return of Chris Bowman. Chris is a physio and sports performance coach based over in Dubai. Chris came on, he was actually on back in March of 2021, the start of March 2021. So this is a really nice follow-up. He was back over in the UK recently, wanted to try and do an in-person podcast, but it didn't quite match up in terms of our diaries but it was great to catch up with him he's got absolutely loads going on so he kicks us off with a bit of a business update what i would recommend is go back and listen to that episode because he goes into a little bit more detail on his background and um where the business came from the idea of moving over there and what the sort of vision was for setting up this was very much an update of current day where they're up to we also spoke about the new facility, which is not too far away now. Um, so keep an eye on his socials for that, for more information about that. We spoke about the pillars of performance. So underpinning KPIs to performance that, that Chris feels um, carry over across different sports. We also spoke about some lessons from other sports, but mainly athletes from other sports as well. Some things we can learn from them. And I asked him as well about how his roles changed. So the mind, his mindset difference and sort of how his role is actually changing responsibility-wise, day-to-day with the growth of the business. It was interesting to dive into how his um, responsibility is actually changing as a practitioner. So that we've covered absolutely loads in this podcast, so I hope you enjoy the chat with Chris. I mentioned that we did try and get this podcast in person but we couldn't try and match up our diaries. But I would say over the next few weeks, possibly episode 229 or 230, there's the most requested guest coming. That's all I'm going to say. It is going to be an in-person podcast. You're going to take absolutely loads from it. I'm really looking forward to doing it, but keep an eye out for that one coming very soon. Now, we do have some upcoming networking events with tickets still available. The next event is just under a week away as this podcast goes out. 28th of February, we're going to be at Ellen Road at Leeds United. There's been a few changes on the speakers on this event just from the circumstances at the club, but we've got Adam Kerr and George Bell presenting, as well as some of the other academy staff. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the presentations and what is going on at Leeds. There are tickets still available for this event. So if you're interested in coming, it's 6 till 9pm at Ellen Road. Um, Just go to footballfitfed.com and click the networking events tab at the top and you'll be able to find tickets there for the event. We've also got our event over in Dublin that is fast approaching. That's April, so still a little bit of a way off, but I know how quick it'll be here. We've got two brilliant speakers at that event, Des Ryan and Shane Murphy are going to be presenting Tickets, early bird tickets are still available for that event as this podcast goes out. So go to the same place, footballfitfed.com, click the shop tab and then networking events and you'll be able to get your tickets there. I've mentioned before that I'm really keen to get the reviews on our podcast up to over 100. We're on 78 as this podcast goes out. And a big thank you to people that have left reviews recently. I'm just going to read a couple out. And the title is An Hour a Week of CPD, an excellent podcast for the developing practitioner. Every week there's something new to pick up from a podcast episode. was a great tool for me to develop fundamental knowledge in multiple different areas of sports science and S&C. There's also another one that says Perfect Podcast. I've been following Ben's podcast for over a year now. It's helped me get a true insight into the real coaching world during my university studies. I've learned many new things along my journey of listening to them which are becoming really helpful. And I'm starting my experience in the real world. Thanks, Ben. Keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. So thank you very much to everybody that has left us a review recently. If you've not done so already, please do so. Don't switch off in this part of the podcast. I really would appreciate it. On Spotify, simply click the five stars. If you're listening over on Apple Music or over on the podcast app, just click the five stars and leave us a short comment similar to what I've just read out then. I really would appreciate it. We need a few more to hit that 100 mark, so I really would appreciate any help that you can give with that. Now, just final call of business before we get into the podcast. I just want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, Hytro. 
Have you ever tried blood flow restriction for recovery? Hydro developed the world's first BFR wearable, unlocking the recovery benefits of BFR to support athletes. BFR is no longer just for one-to-one physio or rehab. Hydro allows teams to use this safe and scalable sports BFR device post-exercise to dramatically enhance recovery. Whether in the changing room post-game, during away game travel, in the hotel or at home, Hydro has created a simple and effective tool that allows BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously, safely and more conveniently than ever before. You can check them out at hydro.com or email Warren, that's Warren Bradley, on warren at hydro.com to find out how Hydro BFR can give your athletes a competitive edge. Also, a huge thank you to Rezzle for supporting the podcast. And let's get into episode 227 with Chris Bowman. Rezzle is the world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Whatever your team, your sport, your ability, improve your game and train like a pro. Reactions, performance, accuracy, stamina, resilience. Train at home in the Rezzle Sports and Fitness VR Training Arena. Search Rezzle, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. The world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Available now on MetaQuest. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 227. I am delighted to welcome back onto the podcast, Chris Bowman. Chris, how are we? Good, Ben. Thanks for uh, having me back. Um, pleasure to be on. No problem, mate. It's been, we've been trying to get this one in for a little bit, but I'm intrigued because the last episode we did was actually March 2021. So we've had yep. a couple of years, and I know you've not been sat back relaxing in that sun over there. You've been grafting, so you've got plenty to update on. Um, what I would say, Chris, is anyone that wants sort of backstory, I know you might cover it a little bit in this episode. Anyone wants like your full story, they can go back and listen to episode 127. What I'm interested in in this one, give us a little bit of an update. So between then and now, what's been some of the big updates for you? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things, really. I mean, obviously, the business has organically grown and the team has grown now. Um, so we've got five of us on board. We've just recruited uh, a technical football coach as well, actually, who uh, used to work at Southampton Academy and then uh, one of the big academies out here as well. Uh, so he'll come on now from a one-to-one technical point of view. Um, he's been working with us on and off Um for some time in the off season and uh, obviously winter break in the World Cup, uh, just to marry up the kind of you know the physical metrics that we want from a session with the sporting actions. Um, and he's you know he's not a sports scientist by trade, but he's very receptive to all that and um, very on board with with learning. So that's a, a nice synergy for us. Um, we've branched out now into the tennis space. So last not this one just gone, the one before. Um, I was actually over there performance managing the world number 10 female player at the Australian Open. Um, so that's that's great. We've got Mora Togdu Academy. That's, uh, you know, Serena Williams is old coach. They're based here at Jamira Beach Hotel with us. So there's great synergy um, from that side. Um, and then um, other athletes as well. We've had Johnny Sexton in the building, obviously Irish rugby captain. So it's it's been um, it's been great to see the organic growth from a staff point of view, but also athletes, you know, having people like Johnny in the building during the World Cup winter break, actually. Um, and he was in the same, you know, in the room at the same time as a couple of younger pros. Um, Joe Gelhart from Leeds was, was here at the time. And, um, you know, just the, the kind of conversations that people can have in the room when you've got somebody so experienced like Johnny, who's, you know, been the number one player in the world, <laughs> you know, effectively the Ballon d'Or winner of rugby. Um, and he's sat, he's in the same room, you know, having a chat with a 20 year old uh, Premier League footballer who's trying to, trying to start their career at that point, you know, and, and the kind of mindset lessons that can be taken from all that. Um, I know off, off air, we, we discussed kind of what, what do we want to center the, the podcast around. And one of the key things for me this year that I put together at the back end of last year is, um, you know, the pillars of performance talk. Um, and that is very much centered around performance mindset, really. Um, it was kind of a process where 
uh, to reverse engineer like what makes all these different athletes tick and um, get them to performance and the underpinning thing to all that I figured was psychology actually like you know the the physical and uh, tactical and technical can't be can't be enhanced without the right psychology and um, that's something now I'm really exploring for this year um, you know in terms of how can we how can we impact things whether it's young footballers whether it's people in our building doing rehab you know how do we how do we make them tick you know and, and get the get the outcome what are some of them key lessons you take away straight away from speaking to someone like Johnny who you mentioned and I know plenty of others that have been over there but from other sports is there anything that sort yeah. of stands out that we can learn and apply in football yeah I think um accountability is one I think some something that stepping away from the game and obviously players when they come and work with us here nine times out of ten are, are self-funding really and they're here on a holiday and they're taking accountability for their preparation and their career right so stepping away and working privately and especially when it comes into the tennis you know the athlete is the boss in the tennis so yeah. they've got the they've got the power to hire or fire you at any give a moment right and if they don't want to do something or they don't feel like it's beneficial to them then obviously there's a conversation that takes place where you know us as the scientists in the room will we'll talk about load management or we'll talk about the potential upside of it or the risks of i don't know going out and for example a lot of the tennis players like to go out on court before they actually play right they have to do an hour's training immediately before competition which is like in our world pretty baffling you know i think it, yeah. well we want to be fresh we really want to be fresh why would you want to do that you know but in their head they're going well if i don't feel like i can hit the ball properly or my serve's not quite on then you know i could be a set down within 30 minutes here um and then i'm on an uphill battle so athlete accountability is definitely one of those things um which i feel like in a team sport environment we actually we we Breed a culture of making them not accountable in many ways because yeah you know it's very much a one size fits all kind of this is this is our program today lads or 25 people who are individuals in their own right you know are pretty much sticking to the same process right like they're doing the same lifts or same preventative exercises as a group etc etc whereas i think we can tailor it a bit more um individualized um in, in that uh, and also empower the athlete. You know what 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 does make you um, feel the best on the pitch on a Saturday because that's what everyone wants, right? At the end of the day, um, so that's that's one thing I would I would say, and that's something that is prevalent with footballers when they come to us as well because they'll go, listen, I want to work on X, Y, or Z, and then we start to explore why. You know, like okay, have you had multiple hamstring injuries this season, and that's why you want to work on your um your hamstring strength or your your speed or you know all, all sorts of stuff like that yeah i love that you've mentioned that i'm actually reading I don't know if you've read tim grover's books but i'm reading yeah. uh winning at the moment and he mentions exactly what you talked about there doesn't he about fitting in with the athletes so we obviously had all your famous players your jordans your kobe's and all the rest of them and it was it's fascinating how he talked about one, like you just mentioned, that the power of the player, if they didn't want to do something, it was their decision. But also that his role, that he knew times where he could step in and make an impact. So he had to see these little windows where it would be like, right, I could suggest this here, we could do this here. And anyone that's not read it, I do recommend to go and read it because it's a fascinating insight into the role we take with these individual athletes. But obviously theirs is still team sport, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we had a conversation recently out here just internally in our team about kind of, you know, one of the biggest things I've always pushed is transparency because I've sat on the other side of the fence um, as as the, you know, head of a department or a, a physio within a club and seen people, you know, players working with independent practitioners, et cetera, et cetera, which is very much seen as like a don't do it kind of thing. It's, it's changing a little bit, but transparency is the key and ultimately as now sat here as the independent practitioner um being able to have good honest communication with the decision makers at clubs is absolutely paramount to the whole process and not 
believing that I've got all the right answers because I certainly don't. You know, ultimately, I'll see a player for maybe four or five days over a week-long period. I've got a player coming out tomorrow. I've got three sessions with him in a week. So my job's just to keep him ticking over, maybe see one or two little things that might enhance his programming, but the club have got to be the ones that are, uh, are pushing that programme forward because they see this guy six hours a day, um, seven hours a day, every day. Um, whereas I feel like the independent practitioner kind of models took a bit of a bad name because certain people probably like bad mouth the clubs or, um, you know, almost make them their enemies really when it, it needs to be the complete opposite. You, you need to work with these people, um, yeah. you know, because the person who misses out is the player. And it was interesting what you said there about Tim Grover because uh, probably just after our last podcast, I was on um, one of the leaders in sports um, kind of online events. It was still kind of coming out of COVID. Um, and it was the chap who was the head of performance at um, the LA Clippers. And he was basically saying how football from that side of things is so far behind your basketballs, etc. cetera. Um, and he used the example of a young player, um, which I thought was great. because he, he kind of said, you know, we've got an 18-year-old or whatever, you know, really talented player. And what's the message that we always say to them? We always say, do extra. Yeah, like extra in the gym, extra pre-ab get a soft tissue session, go and pay for a massage in your own time, uh, do extra on your finishing with a coach or whatever it is. So we, we, we have this, um, this message is what we say, because that's what it's going to take to get you a professional contract or get you to the top. Whereas then as soon as they hit a first team environment, we're, we're so worried about their loads. So we just yeah. say, stop everything. You can't work with anyone apart from the people in this room. We've got the best expertise in this room which may be the case or it may not be the case, but you've still then got the same 18-year-old, really. You know, he might be 18 and two days old rather than 18 and zero days old. Mm. So you've still got a player who's 18. His development window probably is still there till he's the age of 24, 25, really. Um, and we're denying them the opportunity to try and better themselves, which is the only sport he was saying in the world where that happens. Because obviously in the NBA model, now, basically, he said every player has got inbuilt into their contract a budget where they can um, recruit their own staff. And his job as the performance manager is not to actually program and say you've got to do X, Y, and Z. It's to set the physical metrics, i.e. your body fat composition, your um, power scores, et cetera, et cetera, maybe something around injury prevention if they've had previous injuries. And he says, right, you know, your guys, they've got to they'll have a meeting with the, the player's uh, individual staff. This is what we are looking for. And if it's not delivered, then we've got the power to get rid of you, you know. But we trust you. He trusts you. You've got a relationship. Go away. Execute. Um, which is a very interesting thing. And that's how it is, you know, in, like I say, the tennis world or, or whatever. But maybe not so much rugby and football. But, yeah, certainly in the tennis uh, tennis space, that's how it is. The other thing I thought interesting was when he spoke about Jordan, if you really critiqued his approach from a scientific point of view and looked at load and all the rest of it, you'd be like, oh, no, this is not the way to go because he's doing so many things where you're like, be tearing your hair out if you're that bothered yeah. about all these individual aspects. But then it's a potentially the greatest ever. So yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at it and you've, that, you've, that's deciding where to fit in, in that position, isn't it? And that's why I find it really interesting. But this, it relates very well over to football, both for practitioners in clubs, but also practitioners that are working privately with players as well yeah 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 definitely i think the message really from my side is just be as transparent as possible like if you're an independent practitioner yeah. you know be as transparent as possible and even on the other side you know being there in the past i would have been very apprehensive about it because ultimately you know as the physio in the room if someone gets injured and they're working with somebody else then the fingers point at you from the club's point of view so you know it's a bit of a problem but Ultimately, if somebody else can get the most out of that player, or if you've got a busy treatment room, for example, and they might, you know, they might be better having somebody externally come in and give them a sixty-minute full soft tissue at their house, um, rather than you know a bit of a microwave rub because you've not got enough time. You know, yeah. what what is what is the outcome we're all desiring, and let's put those strategies in place. Um, really um so it's it's interesting um 
to see the, the the difference. And it certainly, if I was to ever step back into the game, um, it would my approach would be completely different. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'd be a lot more receptive to this this side of things. Yeah, hundred percent. With with it in mind, like the different sports that you've worked in again. How different is it from a club's perspective in terms of their approach to players coming working with someone like yourself? So like Johnny Sexton or all these other athletes that you've had coming working from your, mainly team sports, because I know individuals can be a little bit different. What's the sort of reception from rugby and other sports from a club point of view? Is it, is it very different to football? Um, I don't think it's particularly drastically different. I mean, when when they've come out, to us from rugby or they've come out to us from from football ultimately there's always been a conversation with with the club or with the physio staff and everyone's pretty clear in terms of you know first thing I'm asking really is what do you want from me I've got this player he's contacted me like he's injured or he's not injured like what is there anything I need to know uh from from your side or what what can we deliver for you in this period of time um I'm happy to program but also you're, you're with him every day. Um, and, it, and that's the same conversation. I think if you start the conversation with that, then it helps that buy-in straight away because the, you know, the trust is there. They know that something's, you know, you're not going to try and reinvent the wheel or um, do something potentially harmful to, to the player or the athlete at that point. So um, the one thing I would say about Johnny is obviously, you know, he's 37 now going into the, probably his final World Cup and he, he knows his body inside and out and he'll kind of, he'll tell you like, nah, don't do that, mate. It doesn't work for me and this, that and the other. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, going back to um, what we're saying there about young players and, and empowerment, we, we actually probably do that with older players at clubs. We kind of say, listen, you've been around the bush, you know, you know, you know your body. And if you tell me like, you know, I don't lift weights anymore. I do this instead and I do my yoga, my Pilates, whatever. Then we just accept it with older players. Whereas with younger players, we don't necessarily have that same level of acceptance. I don't think, I think we kind of try and go, no, no, you need to do it this way. This is like the right method. Um, Because that's what we've effectively been taught. Right. Um, But yeah, I think, like I said, it's not one size fits all um, with all these people. And that's, um, that's pretty crucial. I think to to get uh, you know we're always dealing with the one percent right or the the small margins is what we're trying to get out of these guys and um, how do we do that and I think it's by being a bit more individualised. I'm really excited with all the content that we've got coming this year on the football fitness online community and if you're not a member now is a great time to join because we've literally just uploaded our three presentations from our Huddersfield Town networking event. They're all around aligning performance and development in professional football. We had Paul Bauer, head of physical development. We had um, Callum Adams, head of strength and IDP at the club, and also head of academy physical performance, Luke Dobson, all all presented on that same topic and how their roles align at the club. So those presentations are available to watch right now on the community. This week, as the podcast goes out, there is going to be Mark Hulse's presentation from our Everton event that is all based around the academy program, the physical development program at Everton. There's some great insights into the program, including plenty of video, which Mark shows in that presentation as well. So I do recommend to go and watch that. And if that wasn't enough, we've got some incredible webinars coming this month as well. We've got some on coach health, career periodization, Um, plyometrics, speed development and weightlifting derivatives as well. So loads of great content to come and you get to interact with loads of coaches from around the world as well. All for probably less than the price of a a cup of coffee that you'd spend every single month. So go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign yourself up there. It gives you one month free on the community so you can see what it's all about. After your free month, You do get access to our WhatsApp group. You can interact with the coaches on the WhatsApp group and join in some of the discussions we have over on there. And it is only £4.99 per month going forward. So go and check it out, footballfitfed.com. 
click the community tab, sign up there and get yourself a free month. Here's part two of the podcast with Chris Bowman. Yeah, you definitely see a craving of that from players at the moment. And probably that is partly in education as well, isn't it? That players have learned more about the benefits of of doing the extras. And it's really interesting you say about that mindset because it's so true, isn't it, from academy to first team and it's and it's hammered home throughout academy ages at a number of different clubs as well, um, doing extras, especially on the technical side. And then all of a sudden you've got to stop and it's got to be the, the focus work purely under control. So no, it's, it's really interesting. Um, back to the, you mentioned about the pillars of performance, Chris. Is this something that's going to be the foundation of your programming? You've sort of mentioned there about the one percenters. Is this giving you the real structure for uh, players coming in to see you? Is that the reason behind it? Um, not necessarily for the players coming in to see us, but um, you asked about kind of where where we are now compared to where we were two years ago. And we're actually uh, about uh, 60 days or so away from opening our own rehab and performance facility here in Dubai. Um, we've got some nice um, backing with the UAE um, FA, like links into there and stuff. So we work with a number of the players from a performance management side um, in the Arabian Gulf League anyway. Uh, so we're looking to you know develop that out. We've got good links into a lot of the um, youth academies out here as well. So and, and a lot of those guys are looking at kind of scholarships in the States or maybe roads into the professional game. Um, so something we've just launched recently is elite football performance, but also alongside that, I've got a running specialist with us. So we'll have elite running performance. Like I mentioned there, we've got the tennis, so elite tennis performance and working alongside the likes of Moritoglu Academy and stuff with that. So the general kind of ethos will come under this kind of pillars of performance. So like I mentioned about um, this chap coming on board with us, technical and tactical will be his kind of uh, domain. Um and then the physical will be myself and the rest of the team. And then uh, obviously the thing that underpins that is kind of habit formation and uh, psychology and the kind of the smaller details of nutrition, et cetera. So we want to create within our facility, like a 360 approach to all aspects of training and performance, you know, um, people who come in, they've got the physio downstairs. We've got the ice baths in there. We've got the, Norma Tech recovery. We've got the yoga Pilates going off. The gym's upstairs, which has, you know, got everything you need from a performance point of view. And then they come downstairs. There's a little cafe there, so they can refuel properly. And um, yeah, one thing I'm getting all the clients on at the moment is kind of the whoop and trying to educate them about sleep, really sleep habits. And um, yeah, I mean, young young guys are on the playstations all night normally, aren't they? So. Uh, <laughs> They're coming in and not necessarily the best levels of recovery. And then we're saying, well, how do you think you're going to perform at the weekend? Or how are you going to maximize your training this week when you're on five hours kip every night, you know? Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what, what the pillars of performance we're aim to do is just kind of educate and empower um, around all those different areas, um, which will become a sub-brand, the sub-brand of elite sports performance as well. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of the direction we're trying to take things in, yeah. yeah. It's massive and absolutely quality to see the progression over there as well. And that's why I was really excited to get you back on so we could talk about like where things have gone in only two years really as well. There's been big progress, hasn't there? But what about looking forward as well? Obviously with the facility, the additions of staff, what's like the next step? Is there anything that you can sort that you've thought about or anything that you, where you want to go with it? Because a lot, there's a lot going on now, isn't there? Like, where do you take it next? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think um, certainly in this region as well, obviously you've seen Ronaldo go over to Saudi and all the talk in this region is actually the Saudi pro league is going to go big in the next, uh, the next window for sure. They're going to uh, look at, uh, you know, a pretty much a marquee player in every team. So um, this region is certainly becoming a bit of a hotbed for um, players interested to come over, not necessarily here yet. But the uh, the other thing that we're working on at the moment is a little bit of consultancy around that as well. So I was recently in a club in, in the UAE and kind of assessing like their gym and their setups and their structures and the systems that they've got. And, um, you know, they're not what we would experience really in, in terms of, um, the, you know, the UK and, 
this particular club have got, you know, a number of injuries at this moment in time. So I'm just working with them at the moment to think, you know, I'm well, potentially going to go in for a, a couple of months um, just to put those systems in place um, to try and educate and avoid these problems happening again, you know, recurrent ACL injuries or, um, you know, bad hamstrings that are, that are happening and stuff like that. So I think that's a space where we, we can take things to for, from our side. Um, now, whether that then means we're kind of distance uh, managing or whether we become a St. George's Park kind of model for the league mm. here. Um, but I think that's uh, that's kind of going to be the, the direction we're, we're ending in, yeah. Brilliant, mate. That's quality. I wanted to ask as well about you and your role, because obviously with the, this progression of the business, even from when we spoke last time of the transition from you being at a club to being business owner to running everything that you were running before and now this extra step and going again, how have things changed for you? Like, how do you see your role? How's it developed? Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm a very, like, hands-on guy right like I, I want to be I want to be involved in this and that and the other and the biggest thing that I would say is like you've got to step back from working in the business to working on the business um that's something I've certainly not nailed at this moment in time um but it's something that uh I'm learning and um definitely you know in 60 days time when those doors open um I'm gonna have to be that kind of more managerial role um, as opposed to, you know, seeing every single client that comes through the doors. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm migrating into that now, um, which is why the kind of sub-brands um, of the business uh, are a good move for us because it means that the football performance department can be headed up by Sam. The long-term athletic development can be headed up by Jamie, who works with us. Um, we've got Chris, who's our running coach. He can run the, the running side of things. We'll recruit again. Uh, imminently, to be honest, for more physios and, and coaches that can work from this new facility within those other sub-brands as well. And then um, I guess the way I see it is that I kind of, you know, pull all those together and make sure that our philosophies are right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, and go from there, really. Um, one thing we're looking at doing as well at the moment is um, a sports medicine and performance conference at the end of the year. Um with with an existing uh, fitness conference so it'd be like an add-on to that so it'd be great for us as a as a brand to um to kind of spearhead that so yeah there's there's a lot going on but it's going to mean that i'm not necessarily in doing treatments uh every single minute of every day i'm i'm more kind of making sure right you know this, this guy you're sorted you've got your gym session program with jamie and you've got your treatment in there with this therapist and you know we're all kind of aligned within the building it's great to see that scale and hear the coaches that are involved. Have you found it hard to do that, though, in terms of delegation and being a practitioner at heart as well, like being wanting to be involved? Has that been quite hard? Yeah, it, it has. But I think also it comes down to kind of trust and, and making sure that the people you bring in are aligned with your values um, yeah. and not, you know, like I talked about there, reinventing the wheel and even, you know, referrals we get through if, if a club trusts me with what I'm going to deliver then it's an easy I'm just an extension of their team really um, and then you know everybody who's in the building here with us needs to also understand that 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 how we operate is very much on um, you know a data-driven science-backed approach we're not reinventing the wheel necessarily um, you know we're doing the basics well first and foremost and then there might be um, you know other things that can come into play at that point but um you know, i've just done a, a session this morning with a player from the indian super league returning from injury and we're making sure that that's gps that the data goes back to his club that you know the loads are right you know what load are we then putting into him tomorrow working with sam this afternoon to design the session for that based on what we've done today and what metrics we need to hit so you know there's a technical element to the rehab session but it's done properly it's not just kind of kamikaze let's just go and boot footballs around all day you know that kind of thing so um yeah that that's uh that's what i would say is that your recruitment is key if you get the right people in the building it's easy to it's easy to do um and again you know 
you need people that are, are willing to a challenge you. I think and have have those conversations and say, oh no, like can we improve this? Can we improve that? But also, um, you know, on the flip side of that, they're also willing to learn and develop and work with the other members of the the team on certain things. Um, so, yeah, probably the biggest lesson I've learned actually, recruitment. I would say. And would you think alongside that, because obviously there'd be coaches listening, that not necessarily in a private setting, but certainly at clubs that will be hiring or even going to interviews as well, is the big part you feel that the coaches you've got are on board because of the vision, because you've got the vision like that's set and you can talk to them about what's to come? Um, Maybe a little bit of that, maybe a bit of that. But, I mean, we've got some internal staff pillars that we or, or like business pillars that we try and stick to and one of those is impact um and um we had a conversation this morning about some some stuff and you know one of the guys was like yeah but what if they want to do more technical or than physical but our testing is showing that they they need to do more physical work than technical work because you're quite happy with them technically and you know is that another and i said listen like ultimately you know what impact are we going to make? Because that's that's one of our five pillars of the business's impact. So we need to be prepared to kind of let that client walk away. If, if they're not willing to be on board with what we're saying, you know, we're sat here as a specialist in the room and we're data-driven telling them that physically is, is where your weaknesses are right now in terms of your performance, not necessarily technically. So we need to, you know, weight your package into your physical uh, development. And if they just want to go and, you know, do technical stuff all the time, then just say, well, go and do that in the academy then, you know, go back to your academy because you're not here for that. You know, you're here to get better as an athlete all round, 360 holistically. Um, and as long as we all kind of come back into that, then um, then then we kind of can all look ourselves in the mirror and we're all, all, all right with that. So, yeah, that. Hopefully that answers the question, really. Yeah, no, it does. And, and I suppose that's that line between um, giving the player that empowerment uh, behind them, isn't it? But also pulling on your expertise as well. There's got to be somewhere in the middle, hasn't there? Yeah, correct. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And we're not, you know, in that scenario, we're not saying we're not going to do any technical. We're just saying, if you want us to improve you, our data shows that this is the this is where you're going to improve. So we're just going yeah. to weight your package slightly that way. But if you're coming to us saying, listen, I want to do 15 sessions on the grass with Sam doing all my technical skills and, you know, finding the top bins or whatever, then, but but we're saying, well, you can do that already. You, you know, we, yeah. we know you can do that, but what you can't do is get up and down the pitch <laughs> and you've got a terrible mm -hmm. injury history. So how about we work on that so that you can perform to your maximum doing that, you know? Um that's the kind of education process. So there is an empowerment to the to the athlete or the client, yes, but also you've got to have those conversations with them and say, listen, like you, we're looking to maximize you here. It's not for us. Um, we can happily sit back and just let you do that. But um, yeah, brilliant, mate. We did the quick fire questions in the last episode, but what I wanted to do in this is I wanted to do them, but slightly different. Okay. So. Um, I've not sent you these, so yeah, I don't know if you remember them or not, but I'm just going to throw them back and <laughs> no see idea. what happens. Um, the yeah. first one I always ask is around influences. So what's some of the biggest influences on your career? But I'm going to switch it a little bit into business. So in terms of influences on the business, both short-term, what you've done already and where the business is at right now, but also long-term, there must be influences on you, maybe not even within sport, um, that you sort of look out to and get influenced by. So who are that? Who are they, or what are they? Um, reading is probably the biggest one um, in terms of influencing business mindset, etc. And and something I've read uh, a large amount around at the minute, and kind of key books, I guess that would um, would be go tos would be um, the power of focus. I don't know the author of that one. But that's a, a really really good book um, and talks a lot about relationships actually and kind of positive and negative relationships um, and makes you kind of reflect on those and what went well and what didn't go so well and maybe we need to do more of the things that went well within those 
Um, Tim Grove is somebody you mentioned there. You know, Relentless is a great book um, to, to kind of understand athletic mindset. Um, but I also think that correlates with business mindset as well, actually. Um, and then Atomic Habits um, by James Clear is a, is a brilliant book as well, just about kind of understanding habit formation and, you know, why um, why why you choose, choose every, everything in your day. Why, why do you choose X, Y, or Z uh, thing to do or to eat or to exercise or not exercise? Like, you know, um, Atomic Habits is, is great at that. Um, and The Chimp Paradox, Steve Peters, great book. Yeah. Last, some good recommendations there. In terms, we've talked about the skills for you as this business develops. If you could pick one out where you'd be like, right, that is a really key skill that not only have I developed already, but I know that I need to develop further. Um, in your role, what would it be? I think honesty and integrity is essential. Um, you know, just having honest conversations, whether that's with staff, clients, athletes, whatever it is. Um, don't think you can get away from that. And then integrity in terms of like, you know, making sure you don't go outside of what you generally believe in. Um, so like I say there, you know, our approach is very data-driven, very science-backed. Um, we believe in that, you know. Um, so they're the pillars we always fall back on, you know, are we making improvement? Are we not? If we're not making improvement, maybe we need to try a slightly different approach with this this person. Or um, if we are making improvement, then why do we why do we need to reinvent the wheel? Let's just keep going with that because it's obviously uh, it's obviously working. Um, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. In terms of advice, so if if Chris now was able to speak to Chris when the business very first started, and you could give him some advice. What would it be on a, on a career or business focus? Um, oh, what a question. What a question. Um, I would actually say probably to make sure you're enjoying every moment of it. Like you can get so wrapped up with being so busy and, you know, so uh, on the front foot. But, but then, you know, you look back, I use the off season, for example. So the off season we had 55 days continuous outside, you know, 40 degrees, um, 70 odd players came through the doors. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was full throttle. It was intense. And, um, it's only when you kind of sit back after a few days, you know, have a coffee, me and the lads or whatever who work with me and, and we go, oh, that was graph on it. But like, oh, how good was that session? This session, you know, we had this player in that player in and, and, um, it shouldn't take for that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like you should every single day have that reflective process um, for sure. So yeah, I would say you can get really caught up in it, but make sure you're enjoying the moments really. Um, I mean, I even had a conversation recently with, with some of the lads about, you know, getting around to some weird and wonderful parts of the world that we've never been. You know, we've got players in Tel Aviv, we've got players in uh, Rome and, stuff like that who we've worked with and we're not always going to have those opportunities to go and have these experiences ultimately yeah. sport and football is something we're all incredibly passionate about and you know we've not we've not you know we've one lad has got kids but most of us don't have kids and stuff here so we need to go and experience games and these fantastic you know environments that that our athletes are working in because if we don't then I certainly would say that that's the case with uh, the Australian Open. There's one thing that, that happened last year is that I didn't enjoy it to the same level as I should have done yeah. by being there. Like, because I was in work mode every single day, I was just full throttle, like, you know, right, what's next, what's next, what's next, you know, rather than, like, I'm at one of the biggest events in the world here. Like, mm -hmm. take it in, enjoy it, you know? Um, yeah, sat there it's always and, hard at the gym. time, isn't it? When you like you say, when you're stuck in business mode, and like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's tough that as well. Yeah, but that's the same, isn't it? When you're in in sport, I guess you know. When I look back yeah. in in uh, the time I worked in football, and you, it takes you to come out to look back and go, you know, all the all the lads always ask me when they're out here, you know, do you miss it? And you do. Like, you, there's nothing that can compete to a Saturday three o'clock. No, nothing at all. 
can compete to that. The actual day-to-day of what we do here in clinic is very similar because it's rehabilitation, performance-based training. We've always got athletes in the building. So that's that's very, very similar. Um, but that you can't take that uh, experience of a 3 p.m. Saturday and especially, you know, R5 if you've won as well, you definitely can't, can't beat that. 100%. May final one. In terms of CPD for you, continued learning, but also just continually sharpening the sword and, and making sure that you're staying at the top of what you're doing. What's your approach to that now? Um, I mean, again, going back to those business uh, kind of mantras, one of ours is be innovators, not survivors. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I mean, one of the things we're looking at at the moment is we have a chap called Andy Barr who works over in the States. Actually, now he used to be at City. Um, yeah. so he's invented a bit of kit, a bit like the Corex system, but his own. Uh, called the Q bands. Um, so Andy was actually here last week. Had a good conversation with him, and we're going to kind of uh, be a bit of a flagship for that system here in uh, in the Middle East in terms of not just using it for our own purpose, with which it is great, especially a lot of rotational sports and stuff. Um, your tennis is and your golf and stuff like that, basketball. Um, but um, you know, going out there and actually the position we're going to get to is where I'm kind of like the Middle East master trainer and then educate other coaches throughout the region on this system. Um, you know, and, and that might involve some of this consultancy stuff of going in and, and teaching, teaching as well. So, um, yeah, slightly, slightly different, but also, also very similar, I guess. We're just looking for, you know, what's the next thing out there that's being used. This is being used at the minute you know, in the NBA and Andy's using it a lot with the Brooklyn Nets. How can we now use that to to develop our practice, whether that's in rehab or um, preventative kind of medicine? Quality, mate. Absolutely brilliant to catch up. I know you probably yeah. skimmed the surface of a lot of stuff that's actually going on <laughs> over there. I know it's hard on a, on a podcast like this, but it's great to hear things are going so well and things are progressing. I can't wait to see the, the new facility when you get that open and buzzing for you with that as well. Chris, in terms of links, contacts, like websites, where would you direct people just to uh, keep up to date with what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of our stuff is uh, pushed out there via Instagram. So my personal Instagram is Chris underscore Elite DXB. Business Instagram is Elite Sports Performance underscore DXB. Uh, and then we've recently just launched the tennis one. Um, and the football one um, as well, which you'll find off the main Elite Sports Performance um, link and we'll be putting the running one up there as well. So each one of those will, like I say, have those own kind of sub-brands. And, you know, if you're a lover of football, then there'll be football-based information that goes on there. If you're more down the tennis route or the running route, then uh, it'll be, be on those platforms. I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, insights into the new place when it opens. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Quality, awesome. mate. Well, thank you very much for your time, Chris. That's been quality to catch up. Thanks, Ben. Cheers for having me on, mate. And uh, catch you back when I'm in the Northwest. Definitely. Take care. Thank you for listening to episode 227 of the podcast. And a big thanks to Chris for coming on. It was great to catch up with him. And it's, and it's so good to see the progress that the business is making over there. Um, they've had some great players going over and working with them as well. I know he's talked about a few different sports, but from football, they've had Declan Rice over there recently, Anthony Gordon and a few others as well. Um, so the reputation of what they're doing is growing and it's obviously a really exciting time with what, what Chris spoke about, the Ronaldo move over to Saudi, boosting that league and some of the others around that same sort of area as well. There's going to be some really exciting um opportunities for the business to develop even further go and give them a follow because not only will you see that the work they're doing with players obviously you can keep up with the new facility as well chris is at chris underscore elite dxb over on instagram and then the uh, the business page is at elite sports performance underscore dxb takeaways on the podcast accountability was a big one that's what um chris spoke about earlier on in the episode 
I think it's always a good takeaway when people mention it on the podcast, giving players accountability, making them accountable for what they're doing. Um, he mentioned the word empowering players, I think is really important. But also then finding that line, which is what we discussed between empowering players and giving your expertise. I think there's a there's definitely an area within those two, which is probably a sweet spot. Doing extras, and this is something that Chris spoke about, that in academy settings, we're pushing players to do more. We're pushing them to go the extra mile to get that extra practice in. And when we get to first team, we're trying to bring that down and take that emphasis away from that. It's a really interesting point, something that I've probably not thought about that, that much of before. Um, and it crosses over into this uh, requirement of players now wanting that individualized approach. And I think it's something to bear in mind, both in an academy setting, the first team setting, and also private setting, how we work together. And something that Chris touched on time and time again in the episode was that transparency with coaches, with, with clubs. And that's something that's really important on both sides as well. And then I love the phrase he used. I think it's one of the values that he has in the business. Innovate, innovate don't survive. So always being on the, on the cusp of the next thing that is coming um, doesn't have to be gimmicky, but in terms of like the business and the move that Chris has put in place, he's definitely done that so far. And I think people can learn from that along the way as well. Like innovate, be, be creative in your role. It can even be in, in the same role or at the same club, but are you constantly looking for that 1%, that way of improving the program, improving the players, but also a really big important point on that, improving yourself as well. Improving yourself as a coach and also just personally, your values, I think is a really, really important thing to, to factor in as well. So I hope you enjoyed the chat with Chris. I'm sure you did. It was great to catch up with him. We've got some really big episodes coming over the next few as well. So I'm really excited to bring you those. Make sure you go and check out our sponsors, both Hytro and Rezzle doing some incredible work. Go and check them out. The, the links for their websites are in the show notes. So click them, go and support them. At the very least, go and give them a follow over on socials because I really appreciate all the work that they do. And a massive thank you again for listening. And I will speak to you again next week in episode 228.